Uh, good afternoon and welcome to a mid-afternoon episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, um, and doing it solo today, Pastor will be back with us tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, I have decided and I, I feel like I'm being led to uh, do this kind of bonus episode, if you will, uh, based on some things that uh, I'm really very concerned about. Uh, and and I'm sure that, that uh, if you're within the sound of my voice uh, here in the United States, uh, you're probably uh, as concerned, maybe even more so uh, than I am, but I'm pretty concerned about some things here, uh, things that are happening uh, inside our political system and, and uh, uh, in particular I'd like to address uh, the topic of conspiracy theories. Uh, there are many of them out there and historically uh, down through the centuries there have been many that were never proven to be true. Uh, we, know, we all know that for a fact. And, um, but conversely we also know uh, that there are some that have, and I'd, I'd like to address some of those today. Um, and, and the intent of, of this particular broadcast is to raise uh, your concern level. I'm going to try to keep opinion out, personal opinion out of it as much as I can, although I'm sure that there will be some that I bring forward, and you're free to agree or disagree with me. Um, this is a free country, and, uh, well, for a while, anyway, and, uh, so, uh, you're more than welcome to disagree or agree. Uh, my, my focus on this particular episode is to present some things, uh, that may give you some food for thought, uh, at the end of which you may decide to, uh, blow this off. Uh, which is your absolute God-given right to do, or uh, it may raise some concerns for you that you may want to further investigate. And uh, uh, the I just want to put the information out there, and uh, you can decide whether uh, it's correct information or whether it's incorrect. So, um, so let's talk about uh, some conspiracies. Uh, and I think because primarily, uh, and I want to remind you all that this show is, uh, is primarily uh, gospel-related uh, and, and scripturally based, and, and it will always remain that way, uh, and that's, that's the disclaimer up front. Uh, so I, I'm being fair and, and open and disclosing to you uh, what my worldview is, uh, I think, just in that statement alone. And I'm not ashamed of it nor will I ever back down from it. So with that being said, let's talk about the conspiracies that, that uh, uh, past and present. Uh, but let's talk about first, uh, because this program is scripturally based, I think we need to, to uh, review very quickly um, the very first conspiracy uh, that happened in our existence uh, as a race. Uh, the very, very first conspiracy. Uh, and in order to examine that, we have to go uh, back to Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, and uh, we'll start with, oh, uh, let's start with verse 12. And uh, this is concerning Satan's fall from heaven. Well, I including that. I'm getting there. Hang in with me. We, we, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Uh, at this point in time in the scripture, in Isaiah, we're talking about a period of time before, probably before, earthly history. Uh, something that took place in heaven. Uh, how, how long before earthly history? 
We're not totally certain of that, uh, but it obviously took place in heaven um, before uh, the creation of the heavens and the earth. Uh, and it says here, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Let me repeat that. How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Now, there's a statement right away that, that uh, Lucifer, based on his actions in this passage, weakens the nations. Keep that in mind. Verse 13, for thou hast said in thine heart, <clears throat> and these are the, these are the I wills that, uh, of Satan that caused his uh, excommunication from heaven. And it says here in verse 13, for thou, Satan, hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Five I wills of Satan that got him booted permanently, uh, prophetically permanently, from heaven. Uh, it, if you read this within its context, no allegory. Uh, read it the way it's written, uh, which is, uh, I know what God intended for us to do, um, you can see that uh, even before the creation of the universe and the earth and, and the creation of man, uh, that conspiracy arose in heaven and Satan conspired to take the place of God. It's very evident if, if we take it in context, when, and that's what we're doing. Uh, he conspired to take God's place. And then we have to go back to uh, Genesis chapter 3. Uh, you, may, you may ask, well, wait a minute, we're going backwards. No, no we're not. We're actually leaping forward uh, to the sixth day of creation. Uh, when God created man. And uh, in chapter 3, uh, we read here that uh, the serpent, Satan, shows up in the Garden of Eden. And so after he was excommunicated and cast out of heaven for his, uh, for his insurrection, for his pride, he obviously ends up uh, with access to the earth. And we know that because he shows up in Genesis chapter 3. Um, uh, Adam and Eve had, had been created. Uh, they were uh, enjoying the fruits of the garden. Uh, they were enjoying their, their perfect, uh, unfettered relationship with God. And uh, they were in spiritual perfection at that point in time. Um, until the serpent showed up. And it says in verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. And God did say that. But Eve added here to what God had said when she said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, and actually, she wanted to be wiser than God, if, if you read that within context. Uh, uh, so it was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. 
Then she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves apron. Uh, and and uh, you know basically the rest of the story. Uh, but So the very first conspiracy uh, began in heaven with Satan, wanting to usurp God's authority and planning to do so uh, in, in Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, and then, of course, the next time he appears, he's here, and it's the first mention of him in human history. He's here in the garden, and he is also, in, at this point, trying to thwart uh, the will of God for mankind, trying to thwart God's plans. Uh, and obviously... I think we can consider that uh, the most important conspiracy in our human history. Because from that moment on, uh, we were of a fallen nature. Sin crept into uh, our being, and so therefore the sin nature that that uh, came to pass because of this uh, was passed on down to every man, woman, and child that has ever been born after Adam and Eve. Uh, it, it's what our nature is, is a sin nature. With that being said, let's ask a, a really important question here. Well, why do conspiracies happen? Why? Why would somebody conspire against someone else? Um, and the answer, I think, is very, very simple. I think we can all probably agree that most conspiracies uh, occur out of our sinful need for uh, riches or power. Uh, when we look at all of the uh, all of the conspiracies down through history, I think that at the root of them, it's either uh, Greed or avarice and power, uh, or a combination of both. And uh, I'd like to go through maybe a brief history of of our country, the United States. Oh, in the past, I don't know. Let, let's go eighty to ninety years, maybe a hundred years, and uh, let's take a look at. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to give you a few examples here of of things that were once considered a conspiracy theory that actually turned out to be true. I think you're going to enjoy this segment. Uh, for instance, uh, let's take Prohibition uh, back in, in 1920. Uh, a prohibition was introduced by the government to control the country's alcohol consumption. But that only resulted in widespread speakeasies and bootlegging, which is the illegal production and distribution of alcohol. The Prohibition Law proved it wasn't enough to curb drinking habits, so the government took more drastic measures. They decided to poison the country's illegal liquor supply by adding toxins, including highly lethal methanol, to alcohol in the mid-1920s. In total, it is estimated that around 10,000 people died as a result of the government's poisoning. That used to be conspiracy theory, now historical fact. Let's let's. Here's another one. Uh, you're you're probably gonna chuckle at this one a little bit, and while it may sound funny, it really isn't funny. Uh, I'm sure that uh, in our contemporary society, uh, almost all of us has heard the term gaydar, G-A-Y-D-A-R, uh, which is a a colloquialism used to. Uh, to describe somebody who thinks they can always identify somebody who's gay. Um, and we all know that that's not true. We can suspect all that good stuff, but, you know, uh, you, you can't tell for sure unless that person tells you. Um, or if you see some other evidence of it that, that's irrefutable. And uh, But it seems that uh, where this gaydar is concerned... Uh, it, and by the way, this is where the term was coined, uh, because Canada, uh, 
the rumor was, the conspiracy theory was, Canada in the 50s uh, hired a university professor to, to develop a machine that was supposedly able to detect whether or not federal employees were gay. Uh, uh, and they called them at that point in time, and this is what the Canadian government called them, was fruits. And uh, this machine, once it was developed, was called the quote-unquote fruit machine. And uh, the apparatus uh, actually measured pupil dilation in response to same-sex erotic imagery. As a result of this testing, which went on until the early 1960s, many men in Canada lost their jobs. Um, That's a conspiracy at one point in time theory that has now been proven to be factual history. Let's let's go to another one. Um, Let's see. The U.S. government used dead body parts of infants and children for radioactive testing without permission. (laughs) In the 1950s, the United States Atomic Energy Commission started testing tissue samples from newly deceased children and babies in order to test radioactive strontium-90, which is the most severe threat to humans in the event of nuclear fallout. Throughout this project, which they deemed, which they dubbed Project Sunshine, they gathered more than 1,500 samples throughout Europe and Australia, often without the parents' knowledge or consent, to test the hazardous effects on young human tissue. Years later, a British woman named Jean Prichard uh, reported that she hadn't been allowed to dress her stillborn daughter's body for the funeral in 75 because, as she later found out, her baby's legs had been removed by British doctors and shipped to the U.S. government. She said, and I quote, No one asked me about doing things like that, taking bits and pieces from her, she said. Now, that that's a conspiracy theory at one point in time that has now been proven historically fact. And gruesome, even if I do say so myself. Let, let's try something a little more contemporary. Um, there used to be a conspiracy theory uh, revolving around the NFL, the National Football League. That said that playing football can cause brain damage. Well, uh, I think we can all remember back to where you know initially the NFL came out strongly and refuted all that. Uh, but... Seven years later, after their initial refutation, uh, the NFL finally did acknowledge the link between players' concussions and brain damage. And this earned, um, uh, I guess the guy that did the study, his name was Dr. Omalu. Uh, And uh, he received the American Medical Association's highest honor. And a movie about him called Concussion uh, was made starring Will Smith, I think. Uh, I remember seeing it some years ago. Uh, You probably do too. But again, at one point in time, just a conspiracy theory that has now been proven historically correct. Here's a great one. You're going to love this next one. The CIA secretly gave LSD to unsuspecting individuals to test mind control. The government wouldn't do that now. I mean, that's that's unethical, Uh, both... Uh, professionally and and scientifically, just just unethical as it can be, uh, without somebody's permission, they would never do that. Well, I beg to differ because from 1953 to 1964, the CIA secretly dosed individuals with LSD to test the potential effects of mind control. During this practice, called Project MKUltra, thousands of U.S. citizens were given LSD without their knowledge or consent. In 1973, CIA Director Richard Helms ordered the destruction of all records related to MKUltra. So now there's very little evidence that remains, but, but this immoral research was likely responsible for quite a few resulting deaths. One of the most notable of that group that was tested was Frank Olson, a United States Army biochemist and biological weapons researcher who was given LSD without his knowledge or consent in November of 1953.
The Gulf of Tonkin. Remember the Gulf of Tonkin attack? Uh, the, the, the theory is that that, that never happened. Uh, that, that's what the theory was, that that, that attack never happened. Uh, but we found out that it's true in 1964. Uh, when, well, it was in 64 that President Johnson told the public that U.S. ships were attacked by the Vietnamese, known as the Gulf of Tonkin attack. And he did it in order to gain the support of American citizens for the Vietnam War. However, a year later, Johnson admitted there was no attack and was quoted as saying, quote, for all I know, our Navy was shooting at whales out there, unquote. In 2005, official documents from the National Security Agency were released that confirmed that the whole Gulf of Tonkin attack never happened and was fabricated to gain support for the war in Vietnam. My goodness. Uh, let's see. I, let's do a couple more here. Um, oh. The Tuskegee Airmen Conspiracy Theory, um, where well, the theory back then was that 28 black men died of treatable syphilis in the name of science. Uh, and we know it now to be fact, many, many years later. Uh, the Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in a Negro male was a public health surface study that began in 1932 and recruited 600 poor black men from Alabama as its subjects. The men were told they'd receive treatment for bad blood, a colloquialism for syphilis, anemia, and fatigue, but they were misled. Researchers continued the experiment even after penicillin was proven to treat syphilis in 1945. The research finally stopped in 1972 after the New York Times published a story about the study tilted uh, syphilis victims in U.S. study went untreated for 40 years, unquote. Over those four decades, 28 men died of syphilis and 100 more died from related causes. Wow. Wow. Once again, a conspiracy theory that's now been proven historical fact. I could go on and on. Uh, tobacco companies and smoking. We all know for many, many years that they, they hid the dangers of smoking. And uh, until 2006, when a federal judge found that tobacco companies guilty of conspiracy, uh, specifically for suppressing research, destroying documents, and manipulating the use of nicotine to increase addiction. Uh-huh. Uh, here's a good one. The world's richest and most powerful men have a retreat every year. Well... That was no longer a conspiracy theory. They open and openly admit it now. But uh, each July, some of the wealthiest, most powerful men in the world gather at a campground in California for two weeks of heavy drinking, super secret talks, and strange rituals. Those that come to this retreat, uh, called the Bohemian Grove, have included prominent business leaders, former U.S. presidents, musicians, and oil barons, just to name a few. And the participants aren't supposed to conduct business deals there. But there was one exception in 1942 for the Manhattan Project, which led to the creation of the atom bomb. Okay, so <clears throat> another popular theory, uh, conspiracy theory back then, but now we know is proven historical fact. Uh, there are so, so many others uh, that... Uh, we could go into, but I wanted to lay out just a couple, uh, a couple. In fact, uh, there, there's, there's, uh, you know what? I want to do two more. Here's a good one. The CIA, the CIA spied on and controlled the American media. <laughs> How many times have we heard that as a conspiracy theory? Well, did you know that the CIA project known as Operation Mockingbird spied on members of the Washington Press Corps starting in the early 1950s. As part of this operation, they paid journalists to publish CIA propaganda, wiretapped their phones, and monitored their offices to keep tabs on their activities and visitors. The CIA paid student and cultural organizations as well as magazines to serve as front organizations 
the covert operationally operation was finally uncovered in Senate hearings in the mid-1970s. Wow. What, what happened to our privacy in America, huh? Looks like it was dwindling away even back in the 1950s, doesn't it? And how about just one more? The U.S. Air Force researched pheromones, using pheromones as a weapon. <laughs> this conspiracy theory at the time, which is now actually true and proven a fact, gives a whole new meaning to the phrase, let's make love, not war. As the U.S. Defense Department considered various non-lethal chemicals meant to disrupt enemy discipline and morale, one of them was, was the quote-unquote gay bomb. The research, which was conducted in 1994, was intended to create a bomb that would douse enemy troops in female pheromones. The objective was to make soldiers sexually attracted to one another and negatively impact their effectiveness in combat. However, it was never pursued. Uh, it was never pursued, but the study went, was being done. Research was being conducted. Uh, uh, the government is watching your Internet use. Uh, the government is using its vast resources to track its citizens with their online activities. Well... That's no longer a theory, that's a fact. Because according to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, in 2016, government agencies sent 49,868 requests for user data to Facebook, 27,850 requests to Google, and 9,076 to Apple. EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, is a major nonprofit organization which defends civil liberties in the digital world and advises the public on Internet privacy matters. Okay. All right. Um, well, I, I, well, I want to keep going. Um, you know what? Okay. I, I'm going to include this one because it's relevant to what we're going to be talking about next. Um, here's one. Uh, a contaminated, let's see, contaminated polio vaccines spread a cancer-causing virus. Uh, used to be a conspiracy theory. Now, proven fact, in 1960, it was discovered that the monkey kidney cells used to make the Salk polio vaccine could cause cancer. Discovered that it caused cancer in 1960. Americans were not told about this. And between 1955 and 1963, nearly 100 million children were given this contaminated vaccine. Although the cells were removed from polio vaccines in 1963, scientists around the world today continue to identify them in the human brain bone, and lung cancers of children and adults. Just a conspiracy theory. Government would never do that. Yes, and they did. And it's a matter of public record now. Now, I went through that, that kind of long and, in sometimes, uh, and sometimes humorous list in, in order to just lay the groundwork uh, for some things that, that uh, you know, I, I'd like to address today because they're concerns of mine, and uh, they may be uh, concerns of yours, and if they're not, maybe they should be. And then again, maybe not. You can dismiss them if you like. Uh, but I'm, I'm awful tired of uh, a lot of these lockdowns that the government is forcing on people, and that, let, let's make no mistake, uh, there's a difference between a lockdown request and a lockdown order. We all know that to be true. There's a big difference between the government ordering something and requesting something. All right? An order intimates enforcement will follow. And I'm sorry. Uh, I go by the basic biological science 
that has never changed, it, it, that I, le- I read about and learned about in my grade school textbooks. And the basic biology has never changed. It's still the same. And I'm referring to the fact that you have an immune system and, and God designed it. Uh, even if you don't believe in God, which you should, uh, even if you don't believe in God, you know, biologically and scientifically, it's a fact. You have an immune system. And it does some amazing things like get rid of, of horrible bacteria and viral stuff that can kill you. And while it, it doesn't take care of everything, the immune system, uh, if it stands alone, is, has been adequate down through the ages to, uh, to keep us as a, as, a, uh, as a race going, right? Well, it keeps the human, the human being, ra- the human uh, race going, uh, not once has everybody in the world died. Isn't that, isn't that a, amazing? Uh, so my concern is this. I, I, knowing the basic biology hasn't changed in the human body, um, I think that, uh, like the current cri- the COVID crisis, uh, that government is going way, way, way beyond uh, what they can constitutionally do in, in relation to this pandemic, which, uh, and, and here comes an opinion, uh, I'm just going to be honest about it, uh, my opinion is that, that this is not a pandemic. Uh, I think that it is a convenient crisis that uh, is being used by uh, very, very powerful people to push us toward a new world order in which there's one government. And, uh, and the objective is that it, it will be uh, a socialist, communist government. Um, and let me remind you, now we, we've gone through some, some perfectly good examples of conspiracy theories that used to be theory and are now fact. So let me, with that, with that in mind, uh, let me read a few quotes here that have been uh, put forward by uh, many, many powerful leaders in the U.S. and other where, and, and, and uh, in other parts of our world. Um, as a reminder, remember we, we said that the start of any, any conspiracy theory is uh, greed, avarice, or power, or a combination of both. All right. So let's let's see if it's really all that far fetched to think that the current COVID crisis is not really a crisis, but uh, it's a promulgated crisis. Um, number one, the facts and figures that the World Health Organization and the CDC here in the United States have put out um, have often been conflicting uh, probably more than a dozen times in the last year. They, they've walked back uh, initial statements that they've made regarding the effectiveness of uh, one minute, it's a, it, it, you've got to wear a mask, it's the only thing, and wash your hands and socially distance, and then they backed off of it. Uh, they claimed, of course, that the tests that were that were being done, uh, COVID testing was was very very accurate and dependable. Then they had to walk that back. Um, they they published numbers as far as the number of deaths and and illnesses and cases that that they've had, and we found those to be inaccurate. And they've had to walk those back. And uh, with that amount of inconsistency, uh, who do you believe? Do you believe the guys that are changing their story every other day or every other week? Can you trust that? Or do you trust consistency more? Let me remind you of a couple of things here. 
This started back in 1994, actually before that, but well, it actually started in 72 when Richard Nixon went and opened up trade with China to begin with, which we shouldn't have done. We should not have done that. Uh, that was a, a mistake then, and uh, we are paying for it now. And the reason we didn't conduct trade with China on any basis before 1972 was because they are human rights violators, one of the worst on the, on the face of the globe. And that was the basis as to our decision not to, not to trade with them. Uh, but when, when Nixon opened that up in 72, and Nixon was a Republican, by the way, and I want you to realize I haven't said anything about Democrat or Republican up to this, this point. But there's Nixon, a Republican, uh, and a crooked one. Opened up trade to China in 72. That's, that was the beginning of things. Um, uh, there was, of course, legislation between 72 and 1994 uh, when Bill Clinton passed NAFTA that also uh, sped up uh, our financial demise by giving away uh, half of our jobs uh, to other people overseas, okay, and to include China. NAFTA was the beginning, and uh, it was the official document that sold us down the river to the Chinese. I told people that back in 94. I had just gotten out of the military and was still serving in the individual ready reserve when that happened. And uh, I knew right then, and I told people long ago, back in 94, that this is not a good thing. Uh, all he is doing, and I say he, Clinton, all he's doing is, is selling us out. He's selling us down the river to the Chinese. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to make this a partisan argument, okay? I'm, I'm just trying to look at the facts and, and I lay them out reasonably for you. Uh, but, but this is where it started, back in 72 with Nixon, and then uh, it, it got cemented into uh, our future on, on, in 1994 when Clinton signed NAFTA into law. Uh, the Chinese now hold about, I, I think at the last figures were... Uh, 65 to 75 percent of our aggregate debt well he who holds the gold makes the rules not in that in that right and if China owns a majority of our debt what does that mean to you it's only possible for them to own uh, that much of our debt because of NAFTA that was signed in the, in the law in, in 1994. And which, by the way, uh, I'm so thankful that President Trump rescinded in, in, uh, recently. Uh, it, it was one of the best things that our government has ever done. But that's where it all began. 1972 with Nixon and again in 1994 with Clinton. Um, and you, you have to ask yourself, why would they? Why would they want this to happen? Why would they? Why would they even think about uh, giving the Chinese an advantage? Well, it's because the rich and powerful, uh, who many of us will never see and hardly ever hear their names, uh, who are truly in, uh, pulling the strings and in control on this planet of ours. Uh, it's because they want it that way. Now we know prophetically that there's going to be a, a new world order. The Bible even talks about it in Revelation. Uh, uh, there's going to be a one world government, a one world economy, and a one world religion. It's going to happen. And it's been the world's goal all along to have a new world order. Here's proof. Joe Biden said in, on April 5th, 2013, that the affirmative task before us is to, quote, 
create a new world order, unquote. He also wrote a book, Joe Biden did, in April of 1992, or not a book, an article, uh, that, that was placed in the Wall Street Journal in April of 1992 called, uh, entitled, quote, How I Learned to Love the New World Order, unquote. Here's an interesting quote. Um, Each of us has the hope to build a new world order. And who said that? President Richard Nixon. Where did he say that when he he said that? Uh, He said it when he was in Hangzhou, China in February of 1972. (laughs) Mikhail Gorbachev said we are, quote, that we are moving toward a new world order, the world of communism. We shall never turn off that road. Said that in 1987. Henry Kissinger, in a CNBC interview in 2008, said, I think that his, referring to Obama's, I think that his task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period, when really a new world order can be created. I remember seeing that interview live. Strobe Talbot. Strobe Talbot, former Deputy Secretary of State, said in in an interview with Time Magazine uh, in July of, let's see, I think it was 1992. Yep, 1992. uh, Said, quote, In the next century, nations as we know it will be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority. National sovereignty wasn't such a great idea after all. Strobe Talbot, a member, a high-ranking member. High-ranking member of our U.S. government. By the way, if Joe Biden uh, ends up being uh, our new president, uh, that's a guy that that, uh, uh, will have the highest... He'll hold the highest office in the land, and he's driving for a new world order. Um, Look, these are not conspiracy theories. These are facts, ladies and gentlemen. Facts. David Rockefeller said, quote, We are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. Huh? <laughs> uh, now, I don't know how much plainer you can make it. But Rockefeller is one of those rich and powerful that we know about, kind of. Um, his family's been in this business for a long, long time. Um, but very plainly, he says, hey, all we need now is the right major crisis. Wow, you mean like COVID-19? Yeah, yeah, like that. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. I don't accept it. Sorry, I just don't, never will. George H.W. Bush, Republican, okay? I'm not picking on Democrats here. Republicans are equally as guilty. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, rules all nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. An order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping forces to fulfill the promise and vision of its founders. United Nations can use its peacekeeping forces to fulfill the promise and vision of its founders. George H.W. Bush said that on March the 21st, 1991. And I'm going to give you one more from Henry Kissinger before we move on here. He said, um, and I think, let, let, me, let me make sure where this quote, yes, he said in an interview in Evian, France, uh, back in 1991, he said, today, quote, today, 
America would be outraged if U.N. troops entered Los Angeles to restore order, but tomorrow they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told, now listen carefully, please. Listen carefully. This is especially true if they, the public, were told that there were an outside threat from beyond, whether real or promulgated, which means made up, that threatened our very existence. It is then that all peoples of the world will plead to deliver them from this evil. COVID-19. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by the world government. That was Henry Kissinger in Evian, France, 1991. Now look, these are muckety-mucks, the the most rich and elite and the highest levels in government, all talking about the same goal. Now how clear does it have to get, folks? I think maybe it's time for us to become a little more concerned about what's about to happen to our country. And I think it's time we we realized that this whole pandemic has been a convenient excuse, a convenient crisis to uh, move us much, much quicker to a new world order. The only way you can get a sovereign country to play ball for the new world order is to break them financially and morally and spiritually. And that's been a movement afoot for many, many, many decades in this country. We're, we're close to $30 trillion, maybe over $30 trillion in debt in this country. Our national debt is that high. How is that possible to dig out from underneath that? We're spitting distance from being insolvent, folks. And we're still printing more money and giving it all away. How long do you think that can last? Not very. Not very long at all. We're approaching, I think, a point in this country where we literally hit the wall. You know that colloquialism. Yeah, I hit the wall. I I can't go any further. We can't go any further like this. We can't. And I would beg you, I, I, I would plead with you, to look at the common sense of this. These aren't theories. The government has said, Time and time again, these people in high government have said openly that they would be willing to use a made-up crisis in order to fulfill new world order goals. Folks, come on. I think it's time that you looked into it. If you don't believe it, start looking into it. But I don't believe we can let it happen. We, we, I think we have to do something to, to, to ensure that this doesn't happen. But I just wanted to lay out some concerns and some thoughts today that, uh, that you may or may not want to consider. But I pray that you do want to consider them. Uh, because these are not just conspiracy theories. Ladies and gentlemen, these things are about to come to pass. And it's been the goal all along. Now, there may be uh, some more episodes like this one. But uh, tomorrow we we return to our regular format, uh, thankfully. (laughs) Because uh, our prime goal is to spread the gospel. And uh, do it 
unashamed and unabashedly uh, and to evangelize and to educate uh, people scripturally and uh, to bring people to Christ. And uh, that is what the, the, the main focus of this podcast is, but I hope that you will tune in uh, for each and every broadcast. Uh, believe me, I, when, I, when I came up for the subtitle for this broadcast, you can see it uh, wherever you're listening to it. We are facing today's headlines without fear. And, and listen, uh, that's, that's what today's episode was about. And there will be more to follow. Uh, but always remember our prime uh, directive is going to be to to spread the gospel uh, of the good news uh, that we have a blessed hope. And that blessed hope is Jesus Christ. So tune in with us, uh, tune in with us tomorrow. Uh, your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, will be with us uh, tomorrow for uh, our continuing study in our series on Revelation. Uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. We uh, hope and pray that it gives you food for thought. And uh, if you haven't been concerned up to this point, uh, that you'll become concerned enough to at least look into uh, what's really happening in this country and what's about to happen. And let's look for ways to avoid it, folks. It's not going to be pretty. Um, but those of us that are saved and and have salvation in Jesus Christ, we have a blessed hope. And, and we, we do cling, like Obama said, we're, we're going to cling to our, our guns and our religion, and, and our faith. And uh, uh, I'm definitely clinging on to my faith. And I'll never let it go. Never let it go. Uh, don't you either. Well, thank you for tuning in. God bless you uh, richly for listening, and uh, please tune in with us tomorrow as we continue our study in the series of, on the book of Revelation. Um, I'm sure that, that uh, it's something that you'll, you will be much blessed for hearing and tuning in. So we'll see you tomorrow uh, on Saturday, December the 5th. Until then, God bless you. Be safe. Take a closer look. And I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.